Live from beautiful downtown Southern Maryland, it's time for Gears of Resistance, episode number 89, It's Been a While. Alright, so, summer 2019 is coming to an end, we're back to school, slowly the days are getting shorter, meaning more time back in the lab, more time for projects and other cool stuff. So, what are some things uh, we've been working on here? So, uh, one thing that we're going to be doing over... Um, on our green shoe garage, we're going to start, um, this summer we did a, let me back up this summer. We did a, a, a an enormous amount of uh, escape rooms, uh, wherever we went, we tried to do at least an escape room. So did some in outer banks, did some in the, uh, the D Denver. I've done some here in Southern Maryland, a couple up in DC and, uh, and fascinated by them. And we're noticing like, um, there's, uh, ones that are franchised, um, you can kind of like, it's almost, uh, cookie cutter. Like you'll find what, if you do one here in uh, DC, you might, if it's a franchised, uh, or you'll find almost the same exact escape room, um, halfway across the country. Whereas uh, we're kind of like really into like the mom and pop ones. Um, but they have less resources. So we came up with an idea. We were, um, uh, looking at. You know, it's it's hard not to, um, as a nerd, when you go into some of the escape rooms and some of the various uh, gadgets, especially like once they opened up, like the, when they reveal, when you find the clue and you open something up, you'll notice things, especially anything that's like like electronic based. You know, like, you know we were in this um, one down here that was based on a local witch legend called Maul Dyer. Um, and there was a tree. And when we looked up in the tree, um, he had to like press different animals in a certain order to unlock, um, something. I probably shouldn't say that, but, uh, uh, so spoiler alert, but looked up in the tree and there's, there's a raspberry pie. So it's like, you know, a lot of this, um, um, a lot of these, these uh, projects, I mean, I'm guessing I've seen some websites because I look Googled, um, you know, like, uh, escape room gadgets or escape room. Uh, and there are some professional stuff. So, so people that are making that's a little high end, but we thought, okay, wouldn't it be cool if we could do some like maker grade and, um, for people that are a two things, if you're doing your mom and pop, uh, escape room or if you're one of those folks who are lucky enough to have maybe have a spare room in your house and you'd like to build your own escape room, but you don't want to fork over a crap ton of money for this, of some of this stuff. Um, so what we're going to do is come up with some uh, designs uh, for Arduino. It's specifically the Arduino Uno, since I think that's the most prevalent um, board out there. And it's the one you can probably get the cheapest um, if you do like a, a clone. So we're going to make a bunch of designs uh just like you know when you get your old woodworking designs and you would be able to build a coffee table well, we're going to do the same thing with uh, escape room gadgets so we've got a couple in the hopper uh we're starting off with an rfid tag one so you would have three or four you could go from one to four rfid readers and um if 
the right RFID tag is placed over the right readers. Um, it's going to basically, we're not going to build like the final product. What we're going to do is build, we're going to do a shield. We're going to do another circuit board that all the RFID tags can tie into. Um, and we're going to do um, the software and, uh, and then like a, um, a library or a, a document, like a guide on how to set it up and how to make tweaks. So what we're going to do, we're going to have, we're going to open source all the design files. So you'll be able to grab those off of uh, GitHub on our page. Um, and then we're going to, for a nominal fee, probably like, you know, three or four bucks, five bucks, sell a PDF on our digital store or on our website um, that will have like kind of like the how to use it, how to modify the file. So you can get the files themselves for free. If you know what you're doing, have at it. If you need a little um, help, you'll be able to purchase um, some sort of uh, support documentation. Um, so that's the plan, at least. We're going to start off with, again, an RFID reader one. There's a magnetic sensor one we want to do, a water sensor one, um, and some other, uh, maybe like a light, um, you know, something that would detect either a light or a laser beam. Those are kind of like the standard things we see in a lot of escape rooms. Um, so there were two goals. We're, one, um, we're going to see if, um, you know, is there a way to make this like like one shield like there would be like a universal shield or would we have to create uh different shields i think at a minimum it's going to be like things that communicate over spy things that communicate over i2c and then just things that are just you know digital or analog in and out um so we might have three different boards depending on again what are the sensors and what are the actuators that we're playing with um Anyway, so check that out. Uh, I hope to have the RFID one here uh, very shortly, probably by the end of September, and then uh, start working on um, either the magnetic sensor. I want to do something that's more of just like a digital and analog in and out, because um, I think that would be a universal shield. But anyway, that's the plan. We'll see how that goes. Um, what else are we doing here? Um, got some projects from some other client works. Can't talk about, uh, da, 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 da. I think that's the only thing that's really interesting. So let's get into some news, some things that have come out, uh, in the last few weeks that I thought have been pretty cool. Um, so wearables, medical devices have been, has been in vogue here lately with some of our projects we've been doing. And, uh, so there's this really cool, uh, article that comes to us from, I think it's Stanford. So Stanford researchers um, have developed um, basically a sticker with the sensor. So say you're like uh, measuring someone's the blood oxygen, how much how much of the oxygen is in their blood, um, and you want to do like a medical wearable where that can get transmitted back to a smartphone. Well, <clears throat> where you need those sensors, the biggest problem with sensors is the antenna because it, you know, it's flexible. So as you move and change the sensor, you know, the antenna uh, changes um, and it's got to be powered. Uh, a lot of this is, you know, it's active sensing. So you need a power source. So uh, what they're coming up with is a way to basically they're separating the, um, the powering of the sensor and the and and the uh, communications 
of the sensor data to the microcontroller. So you have a microcontroller does the processing um, and then that sends it back to like a smartphone over Bluetooth. But basically what they're proposing is you put the microcontroller, you put the processing, you put the, the Bluetooth, um, the stuff that talks to uh, a smartphone, like, like a doctor's smartphone or your own smartphone, put that in the clothing and then the sensor itself is, can be just a sticker um, that you can basically paste anywhere uh, and you do energy harvesting based on, I'm assuming, either movement or the, the heat uh, that the body generates and you transmit just enough power um, to go from that sensor sticker to the board that's like embedded in the clothing and then from there you go to a higher power uh, like Bluetooth low energy or um, Wi-Fi to send the data so don't put all that on the one package, basically separate it out into two. A sticker that's just the sensor, little energy harvesting and very, very low power transmission. And then the processing and everything else can be something that's larger, embedded in a piece of the clothing that the patient wears. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think that's gonna, that's been like the pain in the butt is just trying to get, figuring out how to make it uh, reliable and then just not so bulky that it becomes, um, a pain in the butt to wear. So we'll share a link to that. Uh, what else? Let's see here. Arduino and Chirp. So I don't know if anyone's used a, uh, there's a service called Chirp that basically gets a software package that, um, sends data, digital data out over sounds like, so, you know, at a frequency that's, um, too high for the, uh, the human ear to hear but something that well that uh, very inexpensive electronics can uh can just certainly uh pick up with a radio or i mean a, a microphone and then um you know it's kind of like you know wi-fi but over sounds instead of radio frequency it's using sound waves so uh, i guess we've used it before um i think they had like a um remember there we were testing something where there was like a um, a, a Chrome browser extension where you could like uh, it would transmit the um, URL of the page you're on. And if you had another computer that was listening, it could pick it up kind of way like, you know, kind of like sharing file sharing, but, uh, but anyway, so now I guess there's now a service they've, uh, or in a library that works with some of the newer um, Arduino boards, like the maker Wi-Fi 1010. Uh, I think all the new nano boards, um, and the, the, the FPGA base, the, the MKR Vitor. So, uh, now you'll be able to, to basically send data over sounds. So makes it in theory, a little bit less, um, a little bit less or a little bit more, uh, secure, uh, depending on your application, you know, you might, bad guys might know to listen for your Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, but they may not go with, uh, listening for, uh, sound waves. Um, so anyway, check it out. Um, I think it just launched, I think just this past week. Um, and they have a, they already have a tutorial up and, um, in their Arduino create, I guess they're, their web-based, um, IDE. So you can grab that there. And uh, I'm assuming it would also be in the, the official library manager if you're using the desktop version too. All right. Uh, so another full thing, um, 
we're slowly also getting really into MicroPython and CircuitPython and playing with that and learning its uh, pros and cons. Um, and we are a big believer in the Visual Studio Code uh, editor. Um, it's it's my go-to for most editing now. Um, and they've just released uh, the Microsoft Garage. It's kind of like their Skunk Works or whatever. Has uh, and in fact, they're in. Let me give credit. Their interns um, at Microsoft Garage have built a uh, basically a simulator for the um, uh, Adafruit. Um, uh, what's the name of their board? The Circuit Playground Express. So basically, you would have a uh, on screen. You'd have your code in once uh, one panel uh, and you would actually have a device simulator that's simulating an actual uh, you'd actually have a picture and it, it you know as you change code and um, you know the, the LEDs can you can turn the LEDs on and off and they'll show up on screen uh, and they have also buttons to control inputs to send stuff back in and see how your code would react so it's a really cool way uh, to get started with programming if you uh, can't either you're in a place that can't get hardware or it's too costly or you just want to test without you know try to try before you buy um, so definitely check that out I think right now it's only the Adafruit Circuit Playground Express using and programming Circuit Python, um, but I could see that if this is popular, and it's and depending on how uh, um, portable and how uh, you know ex you know if this is something that can be easily uh, adopted for other languages and for um, uh, other boards. Uh, so check that out. We'll put a link to that as well. Moving on, so it's talking about uh, you know this world. You know today, embedded C is pretty much the dominant uh, programming language. Um, MicroPython, Circuit Python are, are really good for teaching. Um, again, you know, over long term, could this replace C? Uh, who knows? But as an interim step, what we're at right now. Um, there is a tool which can bring any C library that you have into uh, MicroPython. This was written by, let's give, um, let's see here, the person credit. Uh, LittleVGL.com. Uh, doesn't let me see if I can, LittleVGL's blog. Tell me more about yourself and with the awesome stuff you've created. Uh, bum, bum, bum. All right. I don't know who, but uh, anyway, we'll put a post to it. Um, apparently, uh, they were working on a project in with MicroPython, uh, needed um, a C library. And instead of, again, like all good engineers do, instead of doing it once, it's better to create it. If it's worth doing once, it's worth creating a tool to do it. So they've created a tool that lets you take your C libraries and uh, port it into something uh, that you can use in MicroPython, which I'm curious about is how they do um, pointers, since I don't believe Python has pointers. Everything is passed by reference. So apparently they've... Um, curious what the code looks like on that. But anyway, uh, I think it's called... What are they calling it? Nah, I don't think they even get a name. Anyway, we'll put a link to the page, and then if you're interested, you can go from there. Uh, boom, boom, boom. What else? Man, there's a lot of Arduino news. Uh, 
Bluetooth Low Energy Central support has been added to the Arduino BLE library. So uh, if you've got, again, one of the new Maker 1010 Wi-Fi boards, all the new Nano boards, or the Uno Wi-Fi Rev 2, um, you can now um, use uh, B, uh, Central support um, in the BLE library. So you can do things like connect your Arduino board to a smartphone, tablet, PC, or Bluetooth uh, peripherals such as the TX's instrument sensor tag, which I have one of those somewhere around here and I can't freaking find it. And the other really cool thing is, um, well, you, obviously you could have, you know, you could have attached your Arduino board to smartphones with other, uh, with Bluetooth. Um, now you can actually go another to other Arduino boards. So now you can have two Arduino boards talking uh, BLE to each other. So that, um, something I have not seen as much, I don't think in projects out there. And, uh, I'll be curious to see, uh, what people, uh, use and do that with use it and how they use it. What else? Where are we at? We're at 16 minutes. My goal is try to get these down to like 20, 30 minutes. I think we're getting there. Um, that was just an excuse to take a pause, to take a drink. Um, all right, Virtual Panel. Uh, this came out about a month ago, and I've played with it a little bit. Arduino Virtual Panel, a PC-based control over Arduino experiment. Um, basically, uh, you can create gauges, um, panels, sliders, anything. for. Uh, basically, it's a really easy way to make a GUI on your desktop to control and interact with your uh, Arduino. And I th th did they say... Right now, they support the Uno, the Nano, the Mega, 2560, the Douay, the Douay, can't pronounce these, and then um, the Espressive Wemos D1 Mini. So, if you're looking for a real cool way to um, real fast uh, whip together uh, some sort of graphical user interface that runs on your desktop to do, again, my world, a lot of it is just prototyping, not really making a whiz-bang final-looking project, sometimes I've got very short turnaround times. So I just need to do something that's quick enough that conveys the user case and how, uh, in general, a user would interact with whatever device or product or service we're coming up with. So um, this is cool. I've used it for... I've tinkered with it. I haven't used it actually in a production uh, and a uh, client project yet, but it's something I wanted to throw out because I do think it is pretty neat. Um, what else? Let's talk about, um, boom, 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 boom. oh, uh, our, so another thing I'm going to start doing with the blogs or the YouTube videos or Twitch, I don't know, uh, being so, so, so tiny, it's kind of hard to like do all this stuff and it's just life doesn't let me, but I want to do getting back to making some tutorials and I'm probably going to do the the uh do a series based on making the uh, or the um escape room gadgets i'm going to turn that into a video series showing our our workflow how we do design uh, how we do rapid turnaround um because it is one of those uh i think there's a lot of knowledge out there on how you do things i don't want to say the right way but certainly when you're looking at production versus just rapid turning around ideas, I think um, a lot of a lot of channels, a lot of websites out there are people that are looking at making the production level of final assemblies, final designs. But there's not too much out there talking about the world of just when the client comes to you and they don't got a lot of cash, they just want to know if something is even feasible uh, 
um, how the workflow can change a little bit. It's a little bit hybrid, you know, it's kind of feels almost, you know, what I, some, it's a little bit kind of like just a yeah, DIY maker world. It's a little bit professional. It's this uh, interesting world where you don't have months, you don't have weeks um, to turn around design. You've got days, if not a, a week or two at most to turn around um, a concept into something that's actionable. And just basically, what does that mean? So part of that, um, we use Autodesk EagleCAD. Um, I've been trying to get into KiCAD or KeyCAD. I'm not going to get in the middle of how, what, what is the right way of saying it. Uh, but I've been really using Eagle, um, almost since day one. Um, and EagleCAD 9.5 just came out. Um, and the biggest reason I like Eagle, um, is that as a small business, um, micro business, I could pay, it's pretty cheap. It's like a hundred bucks a month to have a, um, or a hundred bucks a year, excuse me, hundred bucks a month would be a little bit different. hundred bucks a year to give me, um, everything I need. Uh, just it's the right size of the boards and the number of layers. Um, everything I need to do. That's great. Uh, the other thing is for fusion 360, if you're, if, if you're making under a certain dollars, if you're, um, you're, your income revenue from your, uh, from your business is under, I think like hundred grand, uh, you can use it for free. Um, you can use the education version basically as commercial. I think that's how it works, or at least that's the way it has worked. Um, and the integration between Eagle, uh, so I can spin up a board, do the design, uh, using their, um, I use a couple different services. Again, we'll, we'll get into this in the video, um, to grab the 3d files, import those, throw that over to Fusion 360 and have a place to start from making a mock-up for like a, a case or some sort of enclosure or some mechanical aspects of it is really good. That that workflow is good. And um, collaboration. So a lot of these tools were built to be, you know, in the day standalone. Um, one, one genius inventor would pass it off to another genius inventor, but the collaboration happened outside of the tool whereas more and more of the collaboration can occur inside the tool. Anyway, Eagle CAD, Eagle 9.5. I guess it's not Eagle CAD anymore, just Eagle. Eagle 9.5. So, uh, what came out, what's new in the, in the new version? Shared libraries through their library.io website. Um, and that's something if you haven't used, check it out. Um, there's now a design manager for the schematic side of the design. Um, persistent groups and a reroute command, which um, looks pretty good. So the idea is, say you go from uh, an SOIC package to a QFN package, um, you know, all your 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 many hours of routing goes to the Helen Handbasket. This new tool, um, this new rerouting tool. Um, again, I don't know if it's as good as it might be as Reno. You know, auto routing, but it is there. It's a, something that, that, um, is available. And, um, yeah. So those are some of the new changes in EagleCAD 9.5. And then well, I guess we'll keep going with Arge Also today, Arduino dropped 1.8.10 of their IDE. Um, and let's go to their change log and see what's changed. I think it's still um, kind of cosmetic changes for the most part. I'm still waiting for them to drop the uh, the code or the uh, the 
the browser-based um, development environment for working with the FPGA, kind of the blockly looking, um, but uh, anyway, so as of today, IDE, uh, here's, let's run down the list. Live font resize now applies to the console and serial monitor. So you can, as you change your font size, it works both in the console and the serial monitor. Uh, makes it easier to build the IDE from sources on Windows. Okay. Smaller preference window. Cache download at JSON and only retrieve them when changed. Uh, suspend the serial monitor for the board gets connected abruptly. Libraries can now declare dependencies that will be proposed during library installation. A serial plotter um, allows you can now add labels. Um, command history on the uh, serial monitor and some accessibility changes. And then um, I guess there's a new AVR tool chain and uh, the Wi-Fi updater for uh, updating your uh, firmware for your Wi-Fi boards. So anyway, uh, not huge changes, but um, I, I asked a few weeks ago, I was writing back and forth uh, with the support at Arduino and I said, Hey, you know, when's the, um, when is the support for, uh, the maker Vitor FPGA Vitor or Vitor? Um, they didn't have a great answer other than by the end of the year, they'll have at least the beta out. So, um, keep an eye out for that. I'm really interested in seeing that. Uh, let's see your last little cool little product drop uh, from SparkFun. Um, again, I, we've been doing a lot of stuff on the professional side with um, medical stuff here lately. And um, uh, SparkFun just dropped a new uh, one of their quick boards, you know, QWIIC. Um, or a board that uses the quick connector. Uh, and it's a pulse rate oximeter, oximeter? I thought it was, yeah, oximeter and heart rate sensor for the low, low price of $39.95. You too can measure your blood's oxygen level and your heart rate. Uh, and it contains a Cortex M4 processor uh, and connects back um to uh, whatever microcontroller you want as your main board using I squared C. So anyway, um, 39 bucks for technology that 10, 20 years ago, I don't even want to fathom how much it costs. Uh, and that's it. I think that's the news. We'll put a links to everything in the show notes. Um, so if you found this, uh, head over, if, if you found this one, uh, Stitcher or iTunes or Google Play. Uh, we're at gearsofresistance.com. That's really original, I know. Um, and uh, you'll find the latest. We're um, just sequential. Every episode uh, gets added. You can find, we usually put links to everything we talk about. Um, so with that, um, we'll be back in a few weeks. I'll probably do these. I'm going to try to get to like every two or three weeks. And I know I've said that for probably two or three years now. Um, but I am, I am getting serious about trying to get onto some sort of at least a schedule for my own self. 
um, because I'm noticing an uptick in viewership and readership, um, even with the lack of, you know, regularly content. So I think if I did a little regular, made it a little bit more regular, it would be even, uh, obviously even better. So with that, thank you all very, very much for listening. And until next time, stay quirky, keep it steamy. Oh, my God.